Welcome to the Well Fuel Podcast, your spot for everything gut health, detox, hormones, a healthy home, mold, and everything in between. I'm your host, Isabel Smith. I'm an integrative and functional registered dietitian and the founder of Isabel Smith Nutrition. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Well Fuel Podcast. Today, I am so excited because I have Sydney right here in person, and we are going to talk about one of the most frequently asked questions, which is, what is the deal with Ozempic, GLP-1? How do we break it down? Blah, blah, blah. This is a disclaimer that we support our clients no matter what they come to us doing, using, et cetera. We have a lot of clients on Ozempic. We have a lot of clients avoiding Ozempic. We have a lot of clients who have transitioned off of, are in the process of, or whatever. So this is just before we even roll in, I want to just make it clear that we support our clients no matter what. And we have clients with all different things going on, but we're just going to have a conversation about it. We, I can speak for myself and for Sydney. I think we don't really have a, this is better for you or that's better for you. We just want to be informative here and give you guys information about like, what is GLP-1? Because you might be wondering what it is. Yeah. You know, what, what could I do instead? How should I think about it? We're just going to talk about those kinds of things and you're going to take this data and run with it however you want to interpret it. So that's yeah. a disclaimer. Absolutely. And I think the first thing in talking about GLP-1 is like, what is it? Yeah, that's a good question. So for those of you that don't know, GLP-1 is a hormone that's released by the body and it signals to tell your body that you are feeling full or satiated. So that's really its its main job in the body is to tell you that you're full and that you're satiated. So what does that mean for people who are taking Ozempic? It's a like strengthens the GLP-1. It encourages GLP-1 in, in your body and in your gut. Yep. So you are going to feel more full more more often. It's basically how yep. the drug works. Yeah. Well, and how it works like physiologically is that it actually slows down the digestion process from the stomach. So it slows down how quickly food is released from the stomach. It sits in the stomach a little bit longer, which is something to think about, especially when we're thinking about like what the side effects could be and things like that. You know, this is something that I talk a lot about with clients who are on the drug or who are going onto the drug is that you might feel like some discomfort. You might feel gas and bloating. You might be constipated because we think about food slowing down at the top. We're thinking about it affecting the rest of the GI tract as well, right? Because it's slowly releasing from the stomach, which really affects how well the rest of everything works too. There are definitely some upsides to using Ozempic Wagovi, et cetera, including its original purpose, which was insulin, um, you know, improving insulin levels in the body, reducing A1C, improving blood sugar levels. So, you know, if I could say one of the really positive things about it for people that are using it is is that, right? And that generally correlates with inflammation in the body too. So Absolutely. And I will say too, that there are other, I mean, I know Ozempic is a really popular one. I know Wagovi is really popular. There are also other brand names of this drug out there on the market, like Munjaro, Mm -hmm. which actually in my clients who have type two diabetes does a better job of decreasing the A1C. And it's a little bit different like mechanism of that particular drug, similar, but yeah, it's kind of interesting how different ones work a little bit differently and what they're, what they're used for. Uh, Munjaro doesn't usually cause as much of a side effect of weight loss, mm-hmm. um, but it does really positively impact that mm-hmm. A1C. And we want to do that anyway, right? So, you know, again, it's like not all negative. And I think that there's always like so many interest points, especially in our integrative and functional world. I'm finding everybody's like, this is bad. This isn't good, you know? Yep. And I think there's, as always, uh, there's pros and cons for everything, right? And I don't think it's worth demonizing these drugs because they're actually like, 
there's some definite upsides. There are some definite downsides too, right? And it also depends on the person. I've seen wonderful things. I've seen so much improvement for so many people. And then I've seen people really suffer Mm -hmm. and, you know, go from worrying about their familial Alzheimer's risk, eating lots of greens and, you know, brightly colored vegetables to being like, oh, I'm good now. And I can just not really eat. And I'm eating a piece of pizza a day and I'm still losing weight. But, you know, my perspective and our perspective is what are we doing to take care of your brain, right? I think that's definitely, if we're talking about maybe potential downsides, that's something I worry about is people really not eating to take care of themselves because they don't have to, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, I would say one of the things that I think about too is, you know, if you're not eating enough calories, right? That's a problem. It's a problem because we're not feeding the metabolic process that needs to happen in the body. And that happens a lot when you're on higher dosages of these medications, which happens when we're using them for weight loss, as opposed to using them to lower A1C. Um, It's different dosages for for different problems. Um, So like we said, it's not to say that they're all bad, but there's definitely some negatives. Um, One other negative I would say that I see with people, and I've seen it more often, is affecting the rest of the gut microbiome. So bacterial overgrowths and um, like fungal overgrowths and things like that, because like I said, it slows down digestion. And so we're having issues that we're seeing in some people. That's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And you know, again, everybody's different. Everybody's drug metabolism is different. Everybody's tolerance is different. You know, we see that in almost everything we do. But again, we're here just kind of providing positives, negatives, and other things. I just want to touch again upon that thing that I was just referring to, which was, you know, the, I'm not, I don't, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm nauseous, I don't want vegetables. So I'm definitely not. (laughs) Too much fiber. (laughs) I'm hearing this right from people, which is like, I just don't feel like eating that kind of stuff. And that's fine. And yes, there is some kind of protective component of the insulin levels being lower for sure. Like there is definitely some protection there, but it doesn't cover the whole thing. Right. And we still need these nutrients to feed our brain and our heart health and all of that. And there is. And hormones. And hormones. And there is definitely a component, right. Which is that you know, there is some protection from the lower A1C, but it is not enough to protect the whole body. The body needs nutrients. We need nutrients. We need, you know, we need this stuff to thrive. So that is definitely one of my concerns. I see, I see for clients who have have a history of like diverticulitis or constipation or, you know, inflammation in the gut, that this can be a problem. Also inflammation, other areas of the body too. Yeah. Right. So this can be a problem as well. And so I've definitely had some clients that we've transitioned off of this because actually in what I'm thinking of in particular, it actually didn't work for her body, literally. Like she didn't, she wasn't <laughs> losing weight on it. She was on Ozempic, not Munjaro. And she had a history of diverticulitis and we weren't able to get as much fiber. And she went from, before she worked with us, she was having a lot of pain um, in kind of like the left lower quadrant where everything kind of moves and turns to, you know, leave the body via the rectum, but we've corrected that. And then she was going to start, you know, Ozempic and did, and then things kind of piled up, backed up. And she was like, wait a minute, I actually can't, this is worse for me. So we gave it a, you know, a bit of a whirl there. And I supported her in the process. Of course, as I said, in the beginning, we support our clients no matter where you are, um, which I think separate separates us from other, you know, we're not going to tell you not to do something. We're going to kind of say, how can we support you better in the process? Yep. And ultimately we decided to take her off of it. Um, She decided and I just kind of followed along because we were too worried or she was too worried about her gut health. She wasn't losing weight. She was feeling sick all the time. And she was like, screw it. Like, this is just not, this isn't what my body. And she was like, why is this happening as well? And I was like, look, 
you know, everybody's body is different and some people's bodies do really well on things that we expect them to do well on. Some people's bodies don't. And we need to just do what your body's telling us. Yep. Yeah. So we need to tune into it. And that's what's helpful about having a practitioner that's aware of this stuff Yeah, is that we can help you tune in. Yeah. So what can we do to naturally increase GLP-1? Because I know that's a really hot topic right now. Hot topic. Um, Protein is probably my number one recommendation Mm -hmm. for people. Um, Protein really helps the body to naturally reduce GLP, naturally reduce, wow, naturally produce GLP-1. It's actually the amino acids that are really important for it. So animal proteins in particular have most of our amino acids. So if you are open to eating animal proteins, I would highly recommend that the order in which we eat our food can also matter too. Right. Um, so eating protein, you know, maybe first or towards the beginning of our meal. Um, although if you don't like veggies, I would, you know, always suggest you eat those first and then follow it up with your protein, but protein is super, super helpful and important. Other things are improving gut health, right? Certain gut bacteria will release. Yep. Fiber will help with release of GLP one naturally. Probiotics, specific probiotics. Yep. We look at specific um, nutrients in the. I'm sorry, species, not nutrients, but species in the gut bacteria. Yep. You know, we don't always use stool tests just for uh, treatment purposes. We use it to actually see what microbes are in there and actually choose uh, help people choose foods to actually support those microbes. So, yep. I will even when in a case where we know we cannot maybe um, treat for whatever reason, somebody has a transplant history or a you know kidney disease history or something, there's plenty we can do with food. Yep. And we're starting to use these tests um, way more from that perspective, which I don't always find that people do. So there's a lot we can do in that regard as well. Um, what do you think about berberine for SOHA? It's such, it's a-, such a hot topic. Mm-hmm. So it's such a hot topic because it can be super helpful for it, but berberine also kills off gut bacteria and maybe will kill off more than we want in specific situations. So that's why testing is super helpful um, from our perspective to really see what's going on, to see if it's something that we can use or maybe we can't use. It's not something I love using long-term on people. So I guess that's what I'll say about that. (laughs) Same. You know, people are like, oh, I'm taking berberine. I've been taking it for six years. And I'm like, (laughs) bad news bears. Um, We don't want to do that. So you want it to be part of a comprehensive treatment protocol for yourself. So again, work with somebody. We are broken records um, in that regard because it just makes such a difference. It does. So, you know, that's kind of like our take on, you know, this, we wanted to make a, you know, short and sweet kind of conversation about this. I don't think we need to drag this on forever because I wanted to just make sure we gave you the information. What is it? How can we improve it? You know, uh, people with poor gut health will have more trouble with general production of, of, of satiety hormones, hunger hormones, yep. the regulation of them. Working on your sleep, yes. Increasing fiber, working muscle on stress mass. management, mus- muscle mass. All of these things naturally help to improve hormones, and GLP one is a hormone like others. So you know, we sort of, I feel like, are blue in the face by saying that people need to be sleeping, waking at the same time, being thoughtful about their hormones on the whole. But what we're not just talking about cortisol. Everybody's favorite hormone is cortisol to talk about. We are literally talking also about these kinds of hormones because when we are able to positively influence just one or two hormones, they all speak to each other. So they they act in concert, right? So when we affect one or two, we affect all of them. They influence each other. They communicate with each other. 
And that is, and the gut plays a huge role in that. So, you know, as always, check us out online, book a call if you want to chat with us about how we can help you. We hope this was informative and we'll see you next time. Thanks as always for tuning in. Please drop us a a rating or leave us a note about what you think. And um, as always, let us know what you want to hear more of. Thanks guys. See you soon. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Wellfield podcast. We're so happy to have you. To make sure you don't miss a beat, please subscribe either on Apple or Spotify because we have episodes dropping once or more a week with tons of great content. If you want to make sure that you're up to date on everything we're doing in the business with our clients and new offers and all the things, make sure that you check us out at Isabel Smith Nutrition on Instagram and IsabelSmithNutrition.com. See you guys soon.